Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Allison Griffin, the head of marketing at State Farm. Allison's got 25 years of experience leading marketing and global brand and thought leadership teams for top technology brands like HP and Intel. During her tenure, she was credited for curating first-of-their-kind immersive experiences that traversed technology and art, influencers, gaming, and music. For example, the Cannes Lions winner, Intel's drone light show, the Pyeongchang 2018 Olympics. She's designed and executed high-impact ROI positive campaigns across six continents, garnering over one trillion impressions. Allison's wide breadth of experience also includes overseeing billions of dollars worth of sports entertainment, social influencer, and talent media campaigns. Now, as the head of marketing at State Farm, Allison has been entrusted with the critical charter of revolutionizing the 100-year-old brand. On the show today, we talk about Allison's path and her non-traditional path from pharmacist to marketer in technology to marketer in insurance. We, of course, talk about Jake, the Jake strategy, as I call it. What is that iconic character doing for the company and how are they leveraging it to its fullest extent? We also talk about many of their partnerships from Disney to Spokespeople like Caitlin Clark, who's an NCAA Iowa women's basketball player. We talk about sports marketing and much more. 
I hope you enjoy this conversation with Allison Griffin. Well, Allison, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Alan. It's a pleasure to be here. Be here, and I'm super excited to talk to you. I know it's been way too long. I, I was I actually had to look it up earlier today. I think you were on episode 143. Okay. Uh, and it was April of 2019. So it was like pre-pandemic. <laughs> wow. Did, did that even exist? I don't know. I, I know. I know. I had to I had to look it up. And yeah, it's been a long time. So I'm excited to see what's new and, and talk about State Farm. But before we do that, I hear you have a musical talent that not many people know. Tell me more about I that. I do. I come from a musical family. My dad was a professional drummer in the 60s. He recorded for Capitol Records. And so it must be in my blood. And uh, I started with the obligatory recorder in school. I think that, what is that, like <laughs> second grade, they give you yeah. a recorder. But very quickly after that, I uh, moved on to violin and viola. And I played from third grade consistently through my freshman year of college. And in fact, considered for a moment going to a conservatory and being a professional musician. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I would. I, I don't think I would have ever pegged you for violin and viola. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love it. I haven't played in so long, so I haven't really picked it up since. But music is a huge part of my daily life. And my son, I have two boys and the younger one, who's now a junior in college, is a music major and I get to live vicariously through him with um, all of the classical training that he has and just remembering fondly when I was doing that in my young career. I love that. I love that. And I, I, not many people, well, no one would know this because I've never talked about the violin or viola on the show, but I was one of those Suzuki kids. I don't know if you... I did know that. Yeah. So I did the violin and then switched to cello and I did really like the viola primarily yeah. because it's got a deeper sound than the violin yeah. Um, yeah. and the violin never really cello was my thing for a little while yes <laughs> so. oh my gosh Alan I love it yes I love the register of the cello and the viola it's, and in fact it's funny you say that so my son who's the musician plays the bass I mm. mean he plays a lot of instruments but his passion and heart is the electric bass and mm. I think with my dad drumming and that viola that lower register like a cello and stuff i'm really drawn to the bottom of songs yeah. and i'm super excited that that's where he gravitates as well awesome awesome well yeah. all right well so from viola in college <laughs> to to now head of marketing at state farm tell me what the path was like to to get where you are now you know, it's funny. I um, took a very non-traditional path. I forever, so to add one more weird thing into the mix about, I'm just probably telling of how my brain works. I started wanting to be a pharmacist and worked in a pharmacy since the age of 15 and a half and went to pharmacy school. My parents put me in a doctor of pharmacy program at the University of the Pacific. And I was in, it was a year round program for five years and I did three full years of it. And much to their chagrin, by the end of that third year, I was like, I cannot do this for the rest of my life. I'd been in a pharmacy for years by then and just thought that my personality, while I was very science oriented, maybe that's where music comes in too. I had this just bursting creativity and need to engage with people and sort of understand what makes people tick 
And I think that marriage of communications plus measurement, if you will, math or science or what, however you want to categorize music and pharmacy, I decided to change my major. I walked into an advertising class and it felt like all of my prayers were answered, like this, this meshing of these different parts of my brain and different things that excited me all came together in a marketing and advertising lens. And so I made a quick pivot took me a little bit longer to graduate, but ultimately barreled through and got a degree in basically communications, public relations, and started on the PR agency side. Got it. Got it. And I think the last time we spoke on the podcast, you were at Intel, if I believe. Yeah. And did you go straight from Intel to State Farm? I cannot remember. Yeah, I um, I took a little bit of time off and did some consulting. It was right before the pandemic. At the very end of 2019, I finished out the year uh, with Intel. And then in January, basically was doing a couple of consulting gigs because I needed a little flexibility for my family from mm, a yeah. personal situation with one of my children. And the next thing you know, like March, right? <laughs> the <laughs> pandemic hit. And so it ended up being this beautiful blessing. I had the opportunity because there was a lot of people calling who needed communications and marketing strategy support of like the pandemic and internal comms, external partners, customers, et cetera. So it ended up being a really amazing time to sort of own my own consulting gig, be able to focus on my family and then get companies through some very tricky pandemic and other social issues through that time in 2020. Yeah. And then the next thing I know, I'm minding my own business sitting in the Bay Area in California with a tech career for almost 30 years and State Farm called. And it was really weird. I didn't look for it, never thought of it, didn't think of insurance, didn't think of leaving tech, but it was like this divine, I think, guidance because it was the right timing when I was ready to pick my head up and say, okay, this is cool. I don't think I want to own my own company forever. I like working in a team. I like a big brand and, and they call just at that right time. Yeah, that's, that's lovely. I mean, what you talk about, you hinted at the shift from technology to insurance. Like, what was that like? What was that transition like? You know, it was funny. So I'll back up slightly to say I was at Hewlett Packard internally for almost 17 years. And it was even longer because I was on the agency side on the HP account for many years before that. Mm. So I felt like I was with HP for, you know, 20 years or something, maybe longer. And when I left HP to go to Intel, that was the first, like, I I thought I was going to retire with HP because I'd been there so long and didn't really know much different. And when I made the change to Intel and saw that you could do it, (laughs) (laughs) it's okay to change companies and you can make a contribution to a new brand and do new, fun, interesting things. It sort of created the comfort that when State Farm called, well, when I wanted to take a little time off, I wasn't quite as apprehensive about it because I had confidence in a change would be fine. And therefore, when State Farm called, I was a little more open to it than had I been at the same company for even longer, 25 years or whatever. So I say that to say that there was some 
I don't know, grains or pebbles that I don't know what, what that's a bad, a bad analogy, but just, just some things in the past that were set up that made me realize change is good. That was kind of one thing. And then the second thing, of course, I didn't think insurance in particular, although I had experience with financial services in the insurance industry on the tech side is with partner companies and marketing with partner organizations. So it wasn't foreign to me at all. But I hadn't considered the difference in marketing in one country, which is what State Farm is. We're just in the United States. And in my entire history, I was always a global marketer for decades. Mm. And so that was one kind of like, hmm, what's that going to be like? But what I hadn't anticipated, and I learned more as the interview process went and as I was researching and digging into the insurance category, of course, it makes sense when I say it, that insurance is one of the most competitive categories in the country and yeah. therefore it relies on marketing in particular to set itself apart from a B2C perspective, unlike technology. And so the amount of marketing, the sheer volume in one country eclipses global tech. I mean, by a lot, actually. And from a marketing perspective, it's just so much fun to dig in and have that super aggressive category that is prolific and sort of limitless. Right. Right. Well, it is it is a very competitive space, but you guys are doing pretty well. And <laughs> I mean, I want to talk about it wouldn't be a State Farm conversation about marketing without talking about Jake. And I mean, Jake is great. It also rhymes, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, and I, I love companies that humanize their brand, either through an icon or an actual person. And they can be so powerful just to yeah. help people recall and remember your brand. So how how do you guys think about this quote unquote Jake strategy? Yeah, thank you for asking about it. Jake from State Farm is an amazing asset for our brand. And I feel blessed every day that I get to play with such a strong asset. And in fact, We've got seven, by the way, that we mix yeah. and match depending on if we're virtual or in real life or, you know, where where we show up and how we show up. And so things like the jingle um, at Intel, mm -hmm. we had the bong, we called it. Yeah. And so I've had, you know, a lot of experience dealing with the notes and a sound associated with the brand. So State Farm also has a jingle, but it also has the words of the jingle, the, the actual tagline, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's yet another, a third asset. We've got khakis, we've got the color red, we have our ovals, you know, the logo, right? So there's there's all these different assets. And Jake is interesting because unlike other brand mascots, characters, ambassadors, they're all called different things. He's neither a cartoon nor a caricature, which- right. I would say sort of is in our category that there's a mix of between those two. Mm -hmm. And he's a real person. And how we think of Jake is he is the embodiment of being a good neighbor. So he doesn't sell anything. You'll never see Jake hawking a product. It's not his role. And in fact, you know, if you could see me, I'm I'm we have I'm using my fingers to make the size of a very big, thick brand book that we have just on Jake. And so we've cultivated that asset over years. And, and I'll, I'll share, I'll remind your, your listeners that 
Jake from State Farm started over a decade ago. And it was at a time, you know, I wasn't here, but I I understand I know the story that was at a time when we were putting real agents and real employees in our ads. And so Jake from State Farm really is Jake. And he really was a call center employee at State Farm. And he really wore khakis. So what started as pulling a guy who we knew, you know, the, one of the marketing people team knew this employee and put him in our very iconic commercial. If your, your listeners might recall, the line was, what are you wearing? And he says, uh, khaki. <laughs> khakis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was really Jake from State Farm. And so the company ran that commercial, as I understand it, for like six years, a really long time. And it became semi folksy, lore, famous, whatever. Mm -hmm. And we had some equity built up. And so we realized, though, that we wanted to double down on that asset, but needed to do it with a real actor, right? So then they cast, did a casting call. And the actor who plays Jake from State Farm is amazing. And he really, truly is almost identical to that person that you see representing our brand. He's just a delight. And um, he really brings that good neighbor spirit to life because it's who he is in his heart. And he's just lovely. And so we're fortunate both ways. He's fortunate. We're fortunate. We've got a really wonderful partnership. And he's been able to take that character now and build it into something that's very meaningful for people about who we are and what we stand for. I love it. I love it. And you have not only used the physical in this world, Jake, uh, uh -huh. the actor, if you will, but you've you've taken that character in the video games and the metaverse. So t tell me a little bit about that. And like, you know, yeah. why it why is, those places? Why those channels? Yeah. So as we were developing Jake from State Farm and, and putting him into culture, which started in really in earnest with a Super Bowl ad several years ago. Uh, you may recall where Drake was in and he, they yeah. had an exchange and he was Drake from State Farm. And that <laughs> really catapulted the asset, the current Jake from State Farm asset into the limelight. And as we continued to put Jake from State Farm in real life scenarios, at the same time, we were also trying to attract younger customers, right? Not as customers, but to start looking at Gen Z and millennials differently and this, and this is also actually what ushered in the hiring of an executive from outside the company, meaning me do, doing that search and of looking for someone outside was, was the realization that the older folks State Farm had pretty well cemented yeah, <laughs> as right. target audiences. And I count myself in that, like that Gen X and older, yeah. and was really looking to expand with younger audiences. And so Jake was a big central part of that. And we put him as the first non-playable character in NBA 2K. That's how it started. And it was funny because it was a really great partnership with the NBA that we've had for a very long time that allowed us the opportunity to, to put him in there because our name was synonymous with basketball anyway, like right. on the stanchions. We were part of basketball culture, if you will. So when we wanted to stick him in there as in NBA 2K, there were so many levels of measurement. And if you'll indulge me, it's stuff like, will people even engage with an insurance company character? Let's see, because maybe they won't at all. If right. they do, how long? If they engage with them for a period of time, can you get them to walk into the neighborhood goods store, which was right there in the opening lobby scene of the game? Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and if they go in the store, will they buy the gear khaki and red? Will they wear it around the game? All that, like every single one of those, if you think about it, is a measurement. And it was the precursor to metaverse or gaming. And we have been in it for a really long time. And we were understanding how to engage with younger customers, what they liked, what we didn't, we could test, we could learn, we could advance and change. And, and then start putting the real life Jake and this sort of avatar version of Jake in different locations. And now we're ahead, right? Because we've been doing that for so long. So when the metaverse came up, um, we launched Jake in the metaverse on the day of our 100th birthday as a company <laughs> or anniversary, depending on how you look at it. Right. And and that was really important because it wasn't just that we were thinking of the metaverse. It was he was there in there. And because we had had the NBA 2K experience, we already were 10 steps ahead in how to make that engagement meaningful for Gen Z and millennial audiences. Mm -hmm. And so partnering with iHeart, we created State Farm Park in iHeartland on Roblox and in Fortnite. And we put Jake in there. And not only Jake, but our logo, our jingle, the sounds I'm speaking of, and have been playing around with that ever since. So it's been, you know, almost two years now. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And I mean, what a learning exercise using the NBA 2K uh, as kind of like an incubator to really understand how people engage. That's totally. And it was great. You know, and I, I've, I've seen, you know, some people say, well, why does an insurance brand need to be there? And at the end of the day, the proof is in this pudding and it is, you know, and so gaming too, right? Like I, I say metaverse, but really it's gaming, right? Roblox, Fortnite, NBA 2K, right? Those are all metaverse-esque or avatar-esque virtual reality locations, yeah. um, but in the gaming sphere. And we knew we wanted to double down, triple down on gaming because we knew that's where our potential generate future demand, right? Customers would be. And we don't think that those, any customer is going to just willingly come to us. We're an insurance brand. We understand nobody, Alan, is thinking about insurance. <laughs> I am not confused by that at all. Yeah. And so getting Jake in there was super interesting. And so the evidence is what I was going to say. So two years ago, we had Jake from State Farm show up at TwitchCon. And mm -hmm. it was in San Diego. We had never participated at TwitchCon other than logo sponsorships in the past, like with Twitch Rivals and things. But this was a physical booth with Jake from State Farm. And I it was another test. Like, are people, when their favorite gamers are walking around as well, or their favorite <laughs> brands or their games or whatever, is that going to draw people's attention in a very crowded, cool, fun gaming environment? And I'll tell you what, last year and this year, there was over an hour wait to take a picture and meet Jake from State Farm at TwitchCon. And one week later, he was at BravoCon twice, two years ago and this year. And he had the same at least an hour wait to meet him. And that was a completely different demographic, you know, so from young boys, let's say, not right. only boys, I don't mean that. I know, I know what you mean, but yeah. Yes. And 50 year old women. So that <laughs> BravoCon. So I don't mean that literally either. There are other demographics. But right. my point is, could not be more polar opposite. And that same one character resonated so beautifully in real life with fans who have the opportunity to go meet the reason they're at each of those celebrities, either in, on Bravo or celebrities in the gaming world. And Jake 
was holding his own with attention. And we saw that we had something very special. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing what you guys have done with this asset if you will, and person, frankly. <laughs> yeah, he, he's great. You, you have to hand it to him. He lives in LA and I, I sort of say, I feel sorry for him with a big smile <laughs> on my face um, <laughs> that, you know, on a random Tuesday when he's not working for us, he's going to the grocery store, but he physically looks like Jake from State Farm, right? Like, right. like there are other characters who don't, they play insurance characters on TV and they don't actually look like that. And you wouldn't know it. Progressive, Liberty Mutual, like some of these guys, not what they look like in real life. And they could go sort of around town largely undetected, but Kevin (laughs) cannot. And so we're very fortunate that he truly is that good neighbor person in his real life because he is representing our brand every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he is, he is definitely a celebrity. I mean, like it's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing to be honest. You know, you think about, I thought about that when he was at like BravoCon and I thought, you know, the amount of media weight we put behind that <laughs> asset is much more than the Bravo celebrities, for example. Right? right. I mean, this, this guy, he's, it's broader, right? It's just a, right. it's a national broad. It's not associated with one show or anything like that. So he's got, Definitely has a lot of attention on him and, and he, he makes us very proud every day. And not to, not to tip my hand to something you recently did, but even, even, you know, you got a Kelsey bro that is hanging out with him too, you know? So he's (laughs) technically on the same tier as Taylor in my mind. Okay. Yes. I think that I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, that was great too. We, um, we shot our football tranche of football spots earlier this summer before any of the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift romance was even started and how (laughs) fortunate was that I don't know but you know Travis and Patrick Mahomes are very 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 close friends in real life and you know of course Patrick is one of our ambassadors and we've had coach Reed in our spots in the past and so for this season we had approached Patrick and coach about Travis and Travis was super excited he he just loves Patrick anyway, and it turns out had a lot of good synergies with our brand, and we were very happy to have him. and And lovingly, I like to say he's our Maato. If you've seen that spot, Mahomes and Maato, oh, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, he played that perfectly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, so we've talked a lot about Jake and, and some of the things that you've been doing with him, but you've got a lot of things going on. You've got other interesting partnerships we should talk about. There's the yeah. 
Disney's Haunted Mansion. You've got other spokespeople in the mix, like Caitlin yeah. Clark. And those that don't know them, I'm getting cool points from my 16-year-old JV basketball player <laughs> by just talking about Caitlin. Uh, she's an NCAA Iowa's women's basketball player and just phenomenal athlete. Oh, she is a generational player. And she is just, she has come on this year stronger than ever, breaking yeah. every record I think that has ever been in women's sports. She is a delight. We are fortunate and blessed to partner with her. Um, she aligns to our brand values. She is an amazing, amazing person who believes very deeply in community and, and raising up those around her, mm. being a great role model for anyone in sports and academics and and for all those reasons, including the fact that she's at the top of her game and the, and the best at what she does, we felt very fortunate to have our very first NIL deal uh, and have it be with her. I love that. I love that. Well, how does, how does the, those spokespeople and the partnerships with, with like Disney and the, the Haunted Mansion, how does that take shape for you? Yeah, Disney's been a longtime partner. We have a very unique, we're one of their very few, we have a, a an alliance partnership with them, mm. company to company level, and we've been for a long time. And, you know, Disney is sort of everywhere. It's Hulu and ESPN and, um, I mean, just, you know, the theme parks, the digital distribution, they're, they're very, very wide business company. So it's not just what you think of as, you know, right. the actual releases or whatever. Haunted Mansion seemed like a fun one because it was a house that was, you know, <laughs> bad things were going on with it. And we thought, oh my gosh, that, you know, fits with and sort of like insurable moments. Obviously, I, I think I technically probably need to say out loud, we don't cover ghosts. I don't know <laughs> if I have to say that. I'm, I'm, again, I'm smiling. Yes, yes, yes. But, yes. <laughs> but, but the point for fun, just to say, you know, kind of tied to our brand with, with a house and, and they're a big alliance partner of ours. Um, we do a lot of work with them, especially Good Neighbor Month is the month of mm. September every year. So we do a lot with Disney for Good Neighbor Month. So there's just a lot of synergies there. And again, across the board, ESPN and sports and things like that. So those partnerships, that partnership has been around for a long time. Caitlin is newer. Patrick Mahomes and Chris Paul, of course, are longtime ambassadors. And in addition to the stable of former roster ambassadors and partners that we work with, we also bring in people for a season, right? And I, I mean, season in the generic sense of the term, just for a period of time. Right. Um, you may have seen, we just announced that we've, we're partnering with Jimmy Fallon for a year, not only, and not mostly for him to just be in a spot, which we launched this month. But, yeah. 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 He is so, he's so amazing, but we've got him in the writer's booth with us. And he's helping us create. So it's new. That's a new type of relationship. Mm -hmm. And then there's other, there's gamers that we partner with. We've in that whole genre of gaming and younger people showing up where they are. We created Gamerhood uh, two years ago. It's, mm -hmm. We've completed two seasons, two years of it, where we did five weekly episodes streaming. First year was just on Twitch this this year, it was Twitch and YouTube and the top gamers, you know, we had Ninja, we had Ludwig and six others, top gamers in, in the world and competing with each other for charity. 
and creating a gaming competition that was a first of its kind. And so for us, it's, I'm just sharing with you that there's different types of influencers that we bring on that support us and our brand always with the right type of good neighbor spirit, if you will, but relevant to the activation that we're looking to execute. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, all of these things, I don't know if you think about it this way. So stop me if, if I get it wrong or, or build on yeah. it if, if you think this is right. But like when you're connecting with all of these different avenues, ultimately to try to elevate insurance into the culture or the audiences that are already naturally in these spaces. Is that the best way yeah. to describe so it? Yeah. yeah. So I'll, you've got a marketing audience. So yes. I'll, yeah. I'll take a, a half step back and, and talk shop here with you yeah. for a second. So all marketers globally are essentially focused in the same, these three areas that I'm about to share, but this is how we think of marketing overall at State Farm. It's capturing current demand. So anybody who's out there, hands on keyboard, looking for some type of insurance or protection for their things or family or, or their life, we're there and we've got certain marketing motions that we do to capture the demand that's out there. That's mm -hmm. one of three. The second of three is generating future demand. And that's kind of like what we've been talking about with gaming, younger customers, not $1 of generating future demand is meant to have an ROI of binding a policy. That's not mm -hmm. its purpose. Its purpose is to go out there, be in culture, be thought of so that when a, I'll call it a kid is off the parent's payroll, off their insurance, or, or somebody is now looking to own their own car and make hmm. decisions for themselves, then we want them to have already a good relationship and understanding about who we are as a company and to think of us. We believe if we're in the top two consideration that our agents, who are our secret weapon really, can convert. And right. so that generating future demand is the second of three categories of marketing we do. And the third is, of course, retention, loyalty for our current customers. And, and so there's nothing I said there that not any marketer is thinking about, but we are sort of breaking up our marketing into those three avenues and have different levers we pull, virtual, in real life, with one or more of our seven assets that we're mixing and matching. I'm kind of moving my hands here like I'm turning up and down dials, right. depending on where our customers are. And to your point, we know that we have to break through. And so humor, most of the insurance companies rely on humor. We're all, because it's effective, there's right. not an accident that we're all barking up that, that sort of genre. But what we do as an added bonus is contextually relevant. So meaning putting Travis Kelsey, Coach Reed, and Patrick Mahomes in ads for football, putting Chris Paul and a whole mix of NBA assets in basketball, and Caitlin Clark, of course, in basketball, and et cetera, for gaming or music or wherever we're showing up. And we believe that that winning combination of who we are, our purpose-driven focus as a company, which is helping more people in more ways forever, that helping customers understand that mm -hmm. notion is also part of who we are. And then being contextually relevant when we show up in places 
Got it. Got it. I love it. Thank you for talking shop. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's talk one more area. Sports marketing. I mean, we talked about the athletes. You guys are, I feel like everywhere. Every time I turn on a sports program, doesn't almost doesn't matter what sports. There's State Farm usually. Yeah. You know, sports, sports is one of the last bastions of live television. So where yes. communities and people are watching the same thing at the same time. Cause you and I could talk about a, you know, a Netflix series or something, and you may have watched it already, but I might not have yet. So we can't talk about it at the same time. It's like, Ooh, ooh wait, how far are you? Cause I don't want to spoil <laughs> something or whatever. Right. So live sports are still live. Mostly people watching it mostly at the same time. So, and it's around a passion point and something that we've been leading for a very long time. So we're synonymous in sports. And so it is very valuable for us to continue our presence there. And sports makes culture too. Mm, So, so there's that part of it, but then there's also strategically placing assets in the televised version of sports so that we can show up in replays or highlight reels, things like that. So we're smart about how we think of those assets and, you know, gosh, Thursday Night Football on Amazon, we were a premier sponsor there and will continue to innovate as the industry continues to innovate and be where they are. And oh, by the way, we sponsor pickleball. Yes, we do. (laughs) Not surprising, surprising. But to your point, we dabble in, in, in sports that might not be quite as prolific, but are meaningful in communities across the United States because we've got agents mm-hmm. and zip codes across the United States who are actively participating in communities and events. And when we saw pickleball having a big spike in interest, we thought we wanted to be there too. Yeah. I mean, you guys have your fingers on the pulse of what's going on. I mean, pickleball of all things, come on. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, um, well, I've got a few other uh, questions for you as well. But before I do that, I have to acknowledge you, you talked about live TV versus recorded and like some of the streaming platforms. I thought what you did and only murders in the building was brilliant. That like even writing, I don't know if you got it written into the script or it just naturally happened, but that was really cool as well. Um, that plus the sponsor message at the beginning was a, a nice one, two punch as I was. Thank watching. you. You know, that's really important to me personally is content and being in programming. And I, it's funny, I was just in New York recently meeting with a bunch of our partners and jokingly and said, all right, you guys, nobody freak out. And I'm looking at my team too. And I said, we're not, not going to advertise. Right. So let let me just say that right out, but I'm not as interested in an ad in a commercial break as I am being part of the content. The content lives forever. The ad does not. And to me, our partners, and, and you know, we're very fortunate. We're a big advertiser, so we have the ability to work very closely with big media partners and try to collaborate with them and use their writing and um, co-brand opportunities and things with their creative resources to be able to integrate naturally into into these programs. And only murders in the building is is one example, but we do it quite a bit actually, yeah. and we're really finding a lot of value there. Yeah, I I agree. And eons ago, I did, I think, some of the first marketing effectiveness work with Sprint when they had Nextel and Sprint when uh, 24, the 
show 24 yeah. with Jack Bauer and, yeah. you know, and you guys nailed it with like the position of your ad right after the integration. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, th that was what we learned eons ago was the most effective kind of one-two punch. So, you know, it's funny too. Thank you for that. Yeah. Also, coincidentally, I was, I listened to books on tape when I'm getting ready actually. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just listening to one and oh my gosh, the, the title, I, I may, I may think of it, but naturally I'm, I'm living, it was Meryl Streep happened to be the person who was narrating this book, which is amazing. And she, it opens up and within the first two minutes of this book, it references the state farm agent. And I was <laughs> like, man, yeah. I, we didn't pay for this, right? This was right. some author wrote a book and, and that was integral part of the opening of the story to set the stage for this, I'll call it small town and community in Michigan. Right. And, and I just am amazed every day uh, that something like that will come up and really being in the fabric of the United States. And, you know, we have a hundred and almost two year old brand and just being in the fabric of the country is important. And for us to continue to elevate, it matters. Love it. Well, um, transitioning a little bit, I, my favorite question to ask everyone that comes on the show is, has there been an experience of your past that defines or makes up who you are today? Yeah, it's two things. I was born and raised in Silicon Valley. Um, my mom worked for Hewlett Packard for 43 years and I was just in the spirit. I was born in 70, right? So I grew up in this very just explosive growth of technology and testing and learning and trying and doing and launch, fail, st stand back up, launch another pro product, go, 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 whatever. And I think that coupled with the changes in my career, like wanting to be a pharmacist, then realizing advertising, gone agency side to the corporate side and changing then industries has really all of those combined shaped my risk tolerance mm. and ability to see what could be. I think, again, that Silicon Valley sort of being raised that way, what could be and visioning and not being letting natural convention constrain me. And I think it has created all of the right I don't know, environment or things for me to thrive and love what I do. What advice would you give your younger self if you're starting this all over again? I think it's it's the have confidence and trust your gut. And I probably should have, you know, made moves earlier in my career instead of thinking I had to just sort of sit at one company for quote forever. Now I love Hewlett Packard. They're amazing. And there's nowhere else I would have rather been to stay there for so long. They, they were amazing, but I probably could have taken a chance in Silicon Valley with like a startup or so. I didn't do that. I played it safe and I probably would have, I don't, I don't play it as safe now that I'm older, but when I was younger, I probably could have taken a couple more chances. Got it. Well, is there anything either you're trying to learn more about, or you think marketers need to be learning more about right now? We've, it's funny, I just met with a company today, this morning, <laughs> about <laughs> generative AI, and we're, we're thinking about it quite a bit, and figuring out that perfect blend of keeping true to a brand, but using AI and automation for copywriting, for image, and you know, contextually relevant ad serving, 
Mm-hmm. And we're trying to learn and test and figure out that right balance. How much do we rely on that? How much freedom do we give our almost 20,000 agents across the country who are independent contractors? They are not state farm employees. So how much freedom do we give them with these tools, but keep ourselves you know, out of trouble from a brand perspective and a storytelling perspective? So I'm really thinking about that a lot. I'm also looking at other brands in completely different categories and what they're doing to take advantage of trends or not. So that you you kind of alluded Mm. to it, but we did that stunt with uh, Travis and Jason Kelsey's mom, um, where Jake from State Farm ended up in the stands with her one week to the day after Taylor Swift came on the (laughs) scene in the NFL. We jumped on it really quickly. But then we stopped, right? We also didn't try to milk that for too much. And so my point there is trying to think about the balance of jumping on a trend, being first, being fast and smart and not staying too long, you know? Right, right. That's interesting. Well, are there are there any trends or subcultures that you follow or you think other people should be taking notice of? Yeah, I really liked what Stanley did with the viral video of the melted car or the car fire. And the only thing that survived it was the Stanley cup. But what Stanley did about it was buy the person, a new car. So (laughs) I'm thinking about there's stunts, but there's goodness, right. And giving back and helping. And so that balance of showing being a good neighbor, helping more people in more ways forever and doing things that are meaningfully interesting that get earned media too. Um, so not doing something like that for a stunt sake, right? Truly being right. good neighbor, but thinking about all the things that are agents and that we do all day, every day, and seeing where earned media can intersect with that. I love it. Well, last question for you. What do you think is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? I think it's opportunity is using automated, you know, like let's say AI, Gen AI, those kinds of tools. But I think if they go unchecked, right? If you just let an algorithm do your marketing for you without human intervention is a big mistake. And that understanding an early trend like Taylor Swift and acting swiftly, you know, that's what, what <laughs> <Yeah>. we did. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, th- I think that there's just, there's a whole bunch in there. It's about that that need for humans to think and understand the meaning of culture and the pulse, like I'm rubbing my fingers together and squishing my face a little bit as I say it, like the how meaningful things could be in the world, but using automation and technology where you can. I'm a big fan of that coming from Silicon Valley. So I think there's a blend. I think marketers need to pay attention. We need to not be afraid of new tools, but we got to be smart about engaging. I love it. Well, Allison, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Gosh, Alan, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and I appreciate talking to you always. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with post-production support from Sam Robertson. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.